0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Thank you for joining us here for the final segment of today's program. Very grateful to you for listening through all these stories we've told today, all the information we've delivered. Uh, If you make your way over to my Facebook page, Uh, You can see I've put a link there to this website I've been referring to all day long. It is uh, something hosted by Johns Hopkins University, and it, uh, at least for my money, is giving the best window into the numbers uh, regarding the spread of the coronavirus around the world. And why, you know, that sounds a little uh, little gory and a little uh, bleak to be following these numbers, how many cases confirmed, how many total deaths worldwide And let me explain to you why I am drawn to information like this. We are in the midst of a situation which contains countless unknown variables. We don't know exactly how this spreads. We don't know exactly when uh, we will find relief. There are some that say, oh, yeah, when the summer months come and the temperatures rise, it'll burn this uh, virus right away. We don't know that. There are folks in New Rochelle, in Westchester County, uh, just outside of New York City, who are now under order of the governor finding themselves in a one-mile containment area. Uh, Our lives are very disrupted right now, and we're learning new things. And uh, more than that, we are asking many, many questions. And so for that reason, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of mountains of questions to which we don't have the answers, uh, I find great comfort in knowing some of the tangible details. I know uh, by looking at this website here that there are 64,391 people around the world who have contracted the coronavirus and survived it. They at once tested positive and now are testing negative, to include John Herring here in Utah. Gentlemen, we spoke to a number of times as he endured quarantine in Japan, ultimately being reunited with his wife here uh, in Utah. He recovered, and that's a comfortable and comforting number to to look at. Sixty four thousand individuals have overcome this virus. And uh, we have a lot of the good advice. Uh, stemming from medical professionals here uh, in Utah and uh, around the world. Some of that advice being, of course, be sure you're washing your hands. Don't be touching your face. Uh, Maybe avoid some of these uh, social events. Do what you can. uh, Keep yourself healthy. This morning, uh, state epidemiologist here in the state of Utah, Angela Dunn, she hosted alongside the governor a press conference where uh, some new information was revealed, specifically relating to a second case here in the state of Utah, now just two uh, positively identified cases of the coronavirus. Uh, She had a lot of good information to share. KSL Television's Jed Bull was there. He asked, how many people here in the state have been tested? Uh, Dr. Dunn answered this way. So we're nearing the 100 mark right now, um, and thus far only two have been positive. He then asked how many people here in the state are being actively monitored for the virus. Especially those travel-related that I had mentioned before, we get notifications from our federal partners of people who return to Utah from China or Iran, and those people are being actively monitored for symptoms. The same will happen for cruise ship returnees who are at risk, um, and those numbers are, you know, 1 to 200 at this point being actively monitored. So that's the latest from the state of Utah. Information will continue to be released uh, under the direction of task force leader, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox, as he heads up the coronavirus task force. A a great help to him in that effort has been the state epidemiologist, Angela Dunn. I met uh, with her just the other day uh, as she uh, took on this very important task of keeping uh, you and I informed as this virus makes its way across the world, uh, letting us know what can be done uh, here in the state of Utah to stay safe. Now, uh, we have just a few minutes left in the program, and I want to change directions dramatically. Uh, so we're going to put coronavirus behind us. Uh, upcoming on Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news, he's certain to, to be covering uh, that issue and that story. So count on that for added and new information. Right now, though, I want to tell you about a, a new piece of information regarding a bill uh, that we have been following here on this program for some time. Uh, on the At the very earliest days of the legislative session this year, we learned that Patrice Arendt, uh, who, Democrat, represents the Mill Creek area, uh, would not be seeking re-election, that this legislative session would be her last. Uh, when I, As soon as I heard that information, as soon as I learned that Patrice Arendt would no longer be uh, a member of Utah's House of Representatives, I said, hey, uh, Amy, get on the phone, get her on the program. I want to talk to her. I want to thank her for the work that she has done over her 20-year career in the Utah legislature. And I want to know what she's proud of, and I want to know uh, what advice she would give to the next generation of lawmakers. Well, uh, I asked her uh, when I had her in studio that day, what is your proudest accomplishment here uh, as you have served as a member of the legislature? She answered this way. In
0: 2001, well, in 2000, I was hearing about a really serious, horrible problem about girls who got pregnant, wouldn't even admit to themselves they were pregnant. When the baby came, they panicked, and they, the babies would sometimes end up in dumpsters. And a very few states had started to pass laws for the safe relinquishment of those children. You know, obviously we hope that the woman could keep her own child or use a traditional adoption, but we wanted to have a safe alternative to babies ending up in dumpsters. So we passed one of the early baby drop-off laws where babies can be safely, anonymously dropped off at hospitals, and we've been able to save so many lives with that.
1: That's the safe haven law she's making reference to. She is responsible for that here in the state of Utah. And for the past 20 years, uh, since, thanks to her efforts, it passed and was ultimately signed by the governor, uh, some estimated 40 babies have been saved as a result of that law. Well, the way the law stands currently, mothers have 72 hours to relinquish their baby at a Utah hospital or any of these areas uh, where the safe haven law applies. The update is that those 72 hours have been now extended to 30 days. I asked uh, Representative Arendt when we were speaking on the occasion of her uh, retirement announcement what she hoped to accomplish uh, during this legislative session, and it was to do just that. Extend to 30 days the safe haven laws uh, and that option available to young women or women of any age uh, having babies here in the state of Utah who find themselves uh, incapable or or for whatever reason uh, not able to continue raising that child. Listen, uh, on Thursday we're going to broadcast live from Utah's uh, Capitol Hill. We will have uh, right next to us. Patrice Arendt talking to us about not only this accomplishment, but all of her other accomplishments over the past 20 years, some of the lessons she's learned here serving in her final legislative session.